Is it possible for an unhappy marriage to ever be happy again? Is it possible to forgive what seems unforgivable and love what seems unlovable? Can God really heal the hurt of a broken marriage and restore it into something beautiful? If you've ever asked yourself any of these questions, then we're so glad you're joining us for part two of today's Q&A episode. I'm your host, Katie Morgan, and welcome to Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. Ginger is the best-selling author of Don't Make Me Count to Three, Wise Words for Moms, and I Can't Believe You Just Said That. She speaks at women's events, parenting conferences, and homeschool conventions across the country. You can check out her parenting resources and find out when she's speaking in or near your area at gingerhubbard.com. And while you're there, be sure to sign up for updates so you'll always know about new podcast episodes. You'll also receive a free gift from Ginger when you sign up. Before we get started with part two, here is a quick word from our sponsor. I read something online recently that really pricked my heart. It said, the church should handle adoption and caring for the fatherless like we handle the Great Commission. While not everyone is called to adopt, everyone does play a role in caring for the fatherless. Friends, this is why Ginger and I are thrilled to share more about our sponsor, Lifeline Children's Services. Lifeline believes that adoption is one way that God provides families for vulnerable children who need to know the love of Christ and the love of a family. They walk with foster and adoptive families and provide them with parent coaching, educational services, and professional counseling so they can better nurture and disciple their children. Whether you're a foster or adoptive family who could use support services, or if, like my family, you want to support those who have opened their homes to these precious children, you can find out more at lifelinechild.org. Again, that's lifelinechild.org. Lifeline brings gospel hope to vulnerable children. Last week in part one, Katie shared the events that led up to her marriage falling apart after the first year and the eight-year journey God took them on toward healing and restoration. We both talked about how to discern the differences in good counselors and bad counselors, and of course, the hope we all have when we fix our eyes on Jesus, who is our healer and redeemer. And Katie, I love how in that last episode, you talked about how for a while you were so fixated on Brian's sinful choices and how deeply you were hurt by those choices that you weren't willing to look at the sins in your own heart. And I just so appreciate and admire your transparency in that. And I know that because you were so hurt by Brian's choices, you could have so easily continued to brush over your own sin and played that card of, I'm the bigger victim here, or your sins are worse than mine. Or even when you finally admitted to your own sins, you could have played the blame shifting card of, well, I only did what I did because of what you did. (laughs) But you didn't do that. Yes, Brian hurt you. Yes, Brian betrayed you in the worst way. And we're not downplaying his choices or the hurt that comes from that level of betrayal in any way. But Katie, you cried out to God and asked him to reveal not just Brian's sins, but the sins of your heart as well. And that's why I love, just like you, Katie, um, nuthetic counseling or counseling that is truly biblical because it doesn't accept a victim mentality or a blame everyone excuse. It's about our own hearts and our own responses and our own choices and about how we're going to move forward in a way that puts others above ourselves and honors God. I personally know of so many people who grew up in horrible homes with 
alcohol abusing or drug addicted parents who didn't show any love or affection at all, uh, people who suffered neglect and sexual abuse and unspeakable cruelties, yet who have chosen to not allow the bad things that happened to them to define who they are today. Instead, they find their identity in Christ. And they're the strongest people I know because they don't allow the sins that were committed against them to mark the course for the rest of their lives. Now, don't get me wrong. The people I'm talking about here are hands down, without question, victims, but they didn't allow themselves to be slaves to a victim mentality. Instead, they chose to cry out to God for hope and healing. And as we talked about last week, they chose to live out the counsel of Philippians 3, 13 and 14 by forgiving what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. They chose to press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called them heavenward in Christ Jesus. And Katie, I just admire you and Brian so much because you both are among the people I'm talking about. You were both victims, but you chose to cry out to God in humility and ask for healing and help to overcome. And do you know what your testimony is saying to other people? It's saying our God is greater than all our sins, and by His grace alone, we walk in victory, and so can you. Amen, Ginger. And I I do want to say I did spend many years um, blame-shifting and um, convincing myself that Brian's sins were greater than my sins and that I was— you know, on one end of the spectrum and he was on the other. So I don't want to give the impression that I started out of the gate, you know, just with this holy mentality and really being able to see that, you know, this could all be used to glorify God. But by his grace, he led us to that point through these biblical counselors, through many years of suffering and um, many years of just confusion and anger and pain. So I do want to say that, that this this was a process. This was not a mm. something I started out, even though I wish I had, I, I wish I could start all of that. Well, actually, I don't wish I could start all of that over again, <laughs> but I would have loved to have reacted to Brian from the start in a godly manner. And that can be done through a lot of prayer. Um, mm-hmm. So I just wanted to make that clear. But what has been so encouraging to me, Ginger, is that our ability to forsake our sins, to forgive, to be joyful despite our circumstances is just a beautiful assurance of our salvation. It's a daily reminder of the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen. So, Katie, not in any way to downplay Brian's sinful choices and the tremendous hurt and suffering those choices caused you, but I guess what I'm saying is I just admire how eventually, maybe not from the start, (laughs) but eventually, uh, how God really captured your heart Mm -hmm. and you were, by His grace, able to start looking past your own victimization and acknowledge that you had sin for God to deal with as well. And that just speaks volumes about your character and your heart for the Lord and your love for your husband. And so let's move back into the encouragement for Julie's friend, who just to recap on her question in part one, I'm just going to read the question again. She wrote, Katie, I listened to your testimony. And uh, for those of our listeners, that was in episode two back in February, one of our first episodes, if you guys missed it. And she went on to say, thank you for sharing Where would you suggest to go for marriage help? A friend's marriage sounds similar to yours, where her husband confesses to be a Christian, but he's not submitting to Christ as his authority and walking in truth. They're really struggling, and I would love to hear more about your journey and how your marriage came to healing. Maybe it would be of help to them. So, Katie, let's pick right back up here and offer more encouragement and suggestions for help. Sure. Julie, I think the thing your friend needs to know first and foremost is that she's not alone. 
She serves a sovereign God who orchestrates every detail of her life for His glory and her good. That includes her difficult marriage. That includes having a wonderful friend like you, Julie. And that might even include listening to this podcast. That is one of the reasons Ginger and I are so passionate about this show. We want God to use it to glorify Himself and to lead others into a deeper relationship with Christ. And I just want to commend you, Julie, for submitting this question. The unsung heroes in my marriage story are my dear friends and family who suffered through years of my complaining and waffling. They rode that emotional roller coaster with me so long as I lived through one excruciating revelation at a time for eight years. They loved me and Brian despite the odds, and never once, not one time, did any of them encourage me to leave my husband. I'm so grateful to my parents who just— supported me and encouraged me and prayed for me. But more than that, they loved Brian unconditionally through all of this. Um, But one of my dear friends is actually working with us behind the scenes on this podcast. And I want to say publicly, um, I just want to thank Heather for the gift of her friendship, for the encouragement she offered me for years. So her duties as my maid of honor didn't end after the wedding. Heather held my hand through some of the hardest times of my life through so many valleys, and I'm just grateful to God for her steady presence in my life. So Julie, that's something else I'd like to share with you and your friend. Marriage was designed by God to be between one man and one woman, but it's also a community effort. We are not meant to live in isolation. Christian community exists to encourage and strengthen every aspect of our lives, including our marriages. So my advice to all of my Christian brothers and sisters who are struggling in a difficult marriage are to, you know, number one, seek Christian counseling sooner rather than later. Don't wait until there is a wall of bitterness between you. So I'll put a link in the show notes to a website where you can find biblical counselors near you. Uh, When I asked my husband, Brian, how he would answer this question, he mentioned what he considered one of the greatest benefits of biblical counseling in our experience. It took a neutral observer— who was armed with the word of God to boldly and lovingly tell Brian that there was no fruit of true repentance in his life. And despite all that had happened, we were both totally shocked by that. I guess it just hadn't occurred to either of us that Brian was self-deceived. And once we realized that, we began to fervently pray for Brian's salvation. And it still shocks me. God was merciful to answer our prayers within a few short weeks of that realization. I will never get over that. I do realize, sadly, that not all marriages can be saved. And um, in fact, our counselor, Julie, told us that it was, I think she said 16% of Christian marriages survive after adultery. And that was just Mm, heartbreaking for me Mm. to hear. Um, I will say this, though. Not all marriages are safe. So had my life or my kids' lives been in danger, I would not have hesitated to leave. Uh, This is why I do recommend seeing someone who has been trained to help sort through some of the more serious issues in marriage. We don't want to place an undue burden on a spouse who is the victim of domestic violence or is in a situation where there is a legal or dangerous involvement that could potentially harm you know you or your children so well-meaning christians can sometimes encourage victims to stay even when it is clearly not safe to do so and we do not want to encourage that here Mm, right i don't know if you and your family have jumped on the monthly membership bandwagon but my family really has 
There are several that we get super excited about, but one of my kids' absolute favorites is called Dwell. Dwell is a monthly membership of scripture designs to help you and your family memorize one Bible verse every month. So we have what's called the Family and Friends membership, and it includes a four by five and a half print of the scripture verse, two key cards with the verse, and this is my favorite part, nine temporary tattoos. The designs are just beautiful, and I think this is a perfect Christmas or a birthday gift that doesn't include just more plastic stuff laying around the house. Actually, I have a funny story about my dwell tattoo. I was having dinner with my parents one night, and I had one on my wrist because we were learning John 8:36. Well, my dad saw it and asked if I had a new tattoo on my arm, and I was like, yeah, Dad, I've had this for almost 10 years. <laughs> and he said, well, I never noticed that before. <laughs> And then I had to confess that I lied to my dad about a fake scripture tattoo. So, you know, don't be like me. To learn more about this wonderful way to help you and your family hide God's word in your heart, go to dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10 to get 10% off your order. Again, that's dwelldifferently.com and use the code GINGER10. One of our most hilarious church moments happened before COVID. You know, back when we were allowed to sit next to people. Well, my son had brought his favorite Lightning McQueen car with him that particular Sunday. We were sitting in the middle of our very large church, so literally thousands of people, when suddenly lightning hit the floor and he rolled and he rolled and he rolled all the way to the front of the church. And then some amazing person at the front, probably a dad, just picked up the car and without even looking back, he just passed it over his shoulder to the row behind him. And that person passed it back and back all the way until lightning was returned and my face was pretty much as red as that car. That story is one of the main reasons I'm so excited to share more about our sponsor, Not Consumed. Not Consumed is a family-owned ministry with dozens of products to help you and your family grow in faith. Their Bible studies for kids and families are amazing and so helpful. I love the one entitled My Brother's Keeper, but my favorite product is the Sermon Notebook. I just love that this is a way for our kids, as young as four years old even, to stay engaged with the sermon rather than distracting the entire church. To find out more about Not Consumed Ministries' incredible catalog of products and to download their free family Bible study, just visit notconsumed.com slash ginger. Again, that's notconsumed.com slash ginger. Second, I encourage Christian friends who are struggling in marriage to faithfully attend church and remain connected to Christian community. Doing church at home or listening to sermons is not the same thing as submitting to the leadership of a local body and fellowshipping with other believers. I'm sorry, but it's just not. Uh, The Bible makes it clear that this is non-negotiable, but I'm constantly amazed by how many professing Christians are content to let anything and everything take precedence over corporate worship. If baseball or golf or brunch consistently takes precedence over church, then surely our marriages will suffer as a result. And I know from experience that COVID has just made it way too easy for us to slip into a Christian life that focuses on convenience rather than community. And I think this is tragic and will affect us in our relationships if we continue down this path. The third bit of marriage advice I have from my personal experience is to examine your own heart. So I touched on this a little bit earlier, but biblical counseling was as much about me as it was my husband. And that really surprised me because I was 100% convinced that the reason we were there was totally because of Brian, my Mm -hmm. husband. 
But God used that experience to humble me and show me how my marriage had actually become an idol. There is a great article on the Gospel Coalition website called When Kids Won't Bow to Your Idols. This is one of the most insightful articles I have ever read on the subject of idolatry and how it relates to our human relationships. So we'll put a link in the show notes because it's just a fantastic kick in the pants for us parents. (laughs) But I'd like to take what the author, Jennifer Phillips, wrote and relate it to marriage. So she says this, I was upset because I had faithfully followed A and B and I wasn't getting C. I deserved a child, so in my case, a husband, who would cooperate. All the books told me he would if I did my part, and I did my part. I was worshiping at the altars of control, success, convenience, and let's just say it, reputation. But my husband refused to bow down, and I was furious. Friends, this was me. So I had faithfully followed A and B in my own mind, and I wasn't getting C, which is a husband who faithfully kept his vows to me. But the thing is, I wasn't really following A and B. In our original wedding vows, I made some pretty lofty claims. So here's what I said. I will honor you by putting more emphasis on what you are than what you are not. Okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I broke that (laughs) one while we were on the plane on the way to our honeymoon. So (laughs) here's another doozy. I will seek to respond to you in love as I would to Jesus himself. Mm. Okay, stupid 23-year-old Katie making a vow like that. What in the world? You know, in my selfish mind, sorry, in my self-righteous mind, I had remained completely faithful to my vows and he hadn't. So I had the right to say cruel things, refuse to give, and to punish him with silence, among other things. Hmm. Christian friends, thank God he doesn't treat our relationship with him this way. Thank God he doesn't wait for us to step up and do our part before he'll do his. Thank God he doesn't stop pursuing us when we are unfaithful. Ephesians 2, 4 through 5 says that because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Dead. Dead people don't pursue God. Mm, That's right. Our marriage improved drastically when I was struck by the grace and forgiveness of God and was willing to extend that same grace to my husband for the glory of God. Another quote from the Paul Tripp book I mentioned earlier is this, the more you see your sin, the more you will respond tenderly to other sinners and want for them the same grace you have received. So one way I would encourage us all uh, to examine our own hearts toward our spouse is to pray through 1 Corinthians 13, four through seven. So the world tries to tell us what love is and what it isn't. The world tells us that love is love. And I guess that means that Love is subject to my own interpretation and feelings, but that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible is very clear about what love is and isn't. It's clear about what love does and doesn't do. So pray through 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, and then ask yourself questions like this. Do I respond to my spouse with kindness and patience when we disagree? Am I envious of other seemingly perfect marriages around me? In an argument with my spouse, do I boast of my own knowledge or expertise and discount his or her thoughts and feelings? Do I insist on my own way, or am I willing to regularly sacrifice my own desires for my spouse? Am I irritable with my spouse? I stink at all of these, by the way. (laughs) Do I dishonor my spouse by insulting or complaining about him or her to others? And that's a big one, huge. And here's another big one. 
Do I keep a record of my spouse's wrongs? Okay. If you guys could just excuse me from the podcast now, I think I'm going to slink out of the room and repent. No joke. I'm afraid if some of us, well, I'm afraid some of us would have to admit that we have a war and peace sized book of wrongs that our spouse Mm. has done to us, but we might struggle to fill a single page with wrongs we have done to them. So these are the kinds of things that God will reveal to us by His Holy Spirit if we abide in His Word. And the joy of rooting out these sins lurking in the dark corners of our hearts is that we are promised in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Julie, I guess that last point might have been an unexpected one. Um, The question you asked is more about how to endure a difficult spouse, but my answer has more to do with dealing with the sin in our own hearts. One of the verses I clung to in the midst of our turmoil was 1 Corinthians 7, 15 through 16. God has called you to peace. Wife, how do you know whether you will save your husband? Husband, how do you know whether you will save your wife? Yes, only God can grant saving faith, but he often chooses to use us as vessels of his grace to lead others to Christ. I can't express what an incredible privilege it is to know that God used me in some way, despite my terrible failings, to help lead my husband to salvation. It's so humbling because I failed miserably for the most part to love him the way I should have. But God can use imperfect vessels to fulfill his purposes. And I've said this many times, and I just, I still can't believe it's true, but I would go through it all over again, all of it, the worst night of my life, the revelation of every painful sin, the moments when I felt like I could physically die of sadness, I would do it all again, knowing that God would use it to bring Brian to salvation. Wow, Katie, what a beautiful, sacrificial, Christ-honoring thing to say. And I know your heart, so I know you would. Well, in the beginning of part one of this episode last week, I compared our marriage to a clay pot, and it made me think about something called kintsugi. I'm sure I'm butchering that pronunciation, (laughs) but kintsugi is the Japanese art of putting broken pottery pieces back together with gold. So we'll actually put a picture of this in the show notes so you can see what I mean. I think that's a really great way to picture the Christian marriage. Yes, we're broken. We're all broken badly. And yes, we have scars that will never heal Yes, there was an innocence lost that will never be regained, but God has created something beautiful from those broken pieces. Put back together with His power and through His grace, our marriage is actually stronger. In my mind, it's even more beautiful, not because of the absolute disaster we made of it, but because of the beauty God was able to bring from those broken pieces. Wives, you don't know whether or not God will save your husband through you. Husbands, you don't know whether or not God will save your wife through you. But what we do know is that He will reward our faithfulness and commitment to our marriages despite the earthly outcome. But there is hope. Even if the marriage ends, there is still hope. God's plans to sanctify us are not thwarted by our bad marriages. Ginger's story is a beautiful testimony about how God can bring beauty from the ashes of divorce. So if you haven't heard her testimony, please go listen to episode one. And Katie, I think this is a good time to reiterate something here. Katie's story is a beautiful testimony of the power of God to heal a broken marriage, even a marriage that has suffered the 
devastation and betrayal and deep hurt of adultery. But please don't misunderstand. If you are the victim of an abusive marriage or one where there's illegal or dangerous involvement that poses threat or harm to you or your children, we are in no way saying that you should press on and stay in it. Whether you choose to stay in a difficult marriage or flee from an abusive marriage, We just want to encourage you to not allow what you're going through now or what you've already escaped by the grace of God to keep you in bondage to a victim mentality. We want you to find your identity in Christ, not in your circumstances. We want to encourage you to let go of what is behind and to press on toward what is ahead and to seek God's will in the here and now. And to cling to the fact that Jesus loves you in the midst of what you've been through or what you're currently going through. And regardless of whether you responded the right way or the wrong way, we want you to cling to the promises He's given you to wipe away your tears and to heal your broken heart and to set your feet on solid ground, whether that means you stayed in the marriage or not. Katie, as we come to an end of our show and celebration of Jesus and the amazing things he's done in your marriage. How about you offer our final word of encouragement this time? Absolutely. But first of all, I want to thank you, Ginger, for giving me this platform to share what God has done in my marriage. I'm just overwhelmed with gratitude for the ways he has allowed me to encourage others through our story. So I want to leave our listeners with encouragement straight from God's word. Romans 5, 3 through 5 says this, We rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame. Satan wants us to wallow in our shame, whether we're the one in our marriage who has sinned, or we are the one who has been sinned against, or whether it's a whole lot of both, which is what it was for us. But there is no shame in admitting our need for Christ and His power to change our hearts and to heal our marriages. Finally, Romans 12, 12 says to rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, be constant in prayer. That is my prayer for each of you as you seek to glorify God with your marriage. Rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. If you enjoyed our show and want to hear more, please subscribe to our podcast wherever it is you're listening. And while you're there, could you leave us a rating or a review? This is a huge help to us to get the word out about our podcast so that other parents can be encouraged to reach the hearts of their children. Just a quick reminder to our listeners who live in or near Wichita, Kansas, Ginger and I will both be at the Kansas Home Education Show in Wichita on May 21st and 22nd. When Ginger isn't speaking, we will both be in her booth and would love to meet you. When Ginger is speaking, I'll be in her booth signing my name in all of her books. <laughs> you can find out details and how to register by clicking on the link on her speaking schedule at gingerhubbard.com. But again, come see us May 21st through 22nd in Wichita, Kansas. We would both be so honored to meet you. Do you have a parenting question? Well, we invite you to submit them at gingerhubbard.com slash askginger, and we'll do our absolute best to answer it in a future episode. And while you're on the website, you can find our show notes, which will include links to anything we mentioned in today's episode. Also, while you're on gingerhubbard.com, you can find Ginger's wonderful parenting resources that will help you get to the heart of outward behavior and address it from a biblical perspective. But today, we're offering her book, Guiltless Living. This is Ginger's only book that's not on the topic of biblical parenting. In Guiltless Living, Ginger walks us through seldom admitted, rarely talked about sins of the heart. 
Through brutally honest confessions, Ginger opens the dark chapters of her own heart in order to share about God's glorious grace toward repentant sinners. So if you struggle with condemnation and beating yourself up, this is the book that will help you break through these chains and live in the grace of God. Guiltless Living includes a seven-week study guide in the back of the book, which just makes it a great resource for Bible studies or even your personal quiet time. You can get Guiltless Living at a 10% discount when you use the code parenting at gingerhubbard.com. If you'd like daily encouragement and parenting advice from Ginger, be sure to follow her on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. Thank you so much for joining us today. We look forward to being with you again next week. Until then, may God bless you as you seek to reach the hearts of your children for the glory of God. Once upon a time, there was a homeschooling mom named Shaparella who had a problem. She loved buying shiny new books, all the books, and she especially loved buying new curricula for her mice. This isn't a perfect analogy, but just hang with me. Unfortunately, she sometimes spent money on books and curricula that just didn't fit. Kind of like trying to shove a glass slipper on her stepsister's janky feet. But what Shaparella really needed was a team of fairy curriculum consultants named Janice, Deanne, Sarah, Gina, Ruth, and Judy. Yes, these are their real names to help her make good curriculum choices. Thankfully, Shaparella found Rainbow Resource Center. Rainbow Resource Center is a family-owned business serving the homeschool community since 1989. Basically, they've been around since uh, Shaparella was very, very young. Even if you don't homeschool, Rainbow Resource Center is a wonderful place to get educational gifts for kids of all ages. You can sort their huge catalog of resources by grade and by subject to get the best educational products for your family. But hurry, because on the stroke of 12, everything will be as it was before, meaning you can get their great prices all day, every day at rainbowresource.com. Again, that's rainbowresource.com and get free shipping on orders over $50 and live happily ever after the delivery truck arrives.